Welcome to day 159 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. And of course, when we talk about the drama of Scripture, we've moved you know, from 1 Samuel into 2 Samuel. And um, both uh, Saul and uh, Jonathan have died on Mount Gilboa. David laments you know, their, their, their death. And of course, he honors not only his, his, his good friend, you know, Jonathan in death, but he also honors Saul. Who, who probably not as deserving of honor, but you see, you know, in the heart, you know, where God says to bless those who, who curse you, and certainly that is what David has done, in his final word. It's not a smooth transition, you know, from you know from there to, uh, the kingship of David. There is a, a civil war that breaks out between you know Judah and Israel. David is immediately recognized by his own tribe, you know, as their rightful leader and their king. Uh, Ishbosheth, you know, the son. Uh, you know, Saul takes uh, takes the kingship, and of course, uh, you know the generals that have been on Saul's side, you know, side with him, and so there's a civil war. There's a lot of intrigue with uh, people sleeping with the wrong people, of vengeance killing, of uh, one uh, general turning to another side and delivering, you know, into the hand of it. So it's it's kind of a ugly kind of intrigue. And when we talk about the drama of scripture, the drama of scripture is not always always a beautiful drama, but it always points us to a beautiful hope in Christ Jesus. So this is one of the passages where we see ourselves at our at our worst uh, as we read it. So we come to chapter five, and chapter five is uh, more uh, David settling into the kingship and uh, the taking of the city of Jerusalem. Uh, which has uh, just been this Jebusite uh, stronghold right in the middle of the nation of Israel, which will become the very place that the temple is built in. A lot of the history of Israel uh, will be built around it, and of course that will be the city uh, that uh, is symbolic of um, the new Jerusalem that comes down from the heavens as uh, we find God living and reigning among us as God consummates all things. So we come to Second Samuel chapter 5. And as we come to Second Samuel chapter five, as always, we we pause, we offer ourselves, and we offer the moment uh, to the Lord. David, do you mind doing that for us? No, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this time to be in your Word. Um, what a delight it is to look at your Scriptures. Um, what a joy it brings to know that you've spoken to us, that you've made yourself known. And may that never be lost on us. Uh, forgive us for the times we forget those truths. Um, when we listen much more to the voice of, of culture or the voice of this world rather than to you through your word. And so may this word shape us. May it build us up. May it edify us. And may you do a great work in us um, through your scriptures. We pray us all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Mm-hmm. After the murder of um, Saul's son, and of course after uh, the intrigue within uh, you know the palace of Israel uh, and betrayal, even in uh, you know the kingdom of Judah, we, we come to a place where in chapter five, all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, "We're your own flesh and blood." In the past, while Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel on their military campaigns, and the Lord said to you, "You will shepherd my people Israel, and you will become their ruler." When all the elders of Israel uh, had come to King David at Hebron, the king made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned 40 years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months, and in Jerusalem, he reigned over 
all Israel and Judah for 33 years. The king and his men marched to Jerusalem to attack the Jebusites who lived there. The Jebusites said to David, you'll not get in here. Even the blind and the lame can ward you off. They thought David cannot get in here. Nevertheless, David captured the fortress of Zion, which is the city of David. On that day, David had said, anyone who conquers the Jebusites will have to use a water shaft to reach those lame and blind who are David's enemies. That is why they say, the blind and the lame will not enter the palace. David then took up residence in the fortress and called it the city of David. He built up the area around it from the terraces inward. And he became more and more powerful because the Lord Almighty was with him. Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent envoys to David along with cedar logs and carpenters and stonemasons, and they built a palace for David. Then David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. After he left Hebron, David took more concubines and wives in Jerusalem, and more sons and daughters were born to them. These are the names of the children born to him there, Shammah, Shobab, Nathan, Solomon, Ibhar, Elishua, Nepheg, Japhia, Elishama, Elada, and Eliphalet. And when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up in full force to search for him, but David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go attack the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? The Lord answered them, Go, for I will surely deliver the Philistines into your hands. So David went to Baal-perazim, and there he defeated them. He said, As waters break out, the Lord has broken out against my enemies before me. So that place was called Baal-perazim. The Philistines abandoned their idols there, and David and his men carried them off. Once more the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Raphaim. So David inquired of the Lord, and he answered, Do not go straight up, but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the popular, tree, popular trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the popular trees, move quickly, because that will mean the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So David did as the Lord commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon, to Gezar. So we're setting the, setting the stage, of course, for next week when we'll uh, talk about the bringing the Ark of the Covenant into uh, the capital city, and uh, of course we'll, we'll lay the groundwork for the future building of the temple, you know, as as well. Uh, but you have David finally establishing his kingdom, and and of course you know the Jerusalem is set up on a mountain, you know, in, in, in such a way that it would be you know very easy, you know, to defend. David conquers uh, the lower part of it, and uh, the Jebusites are up in the, the higher part of it, saying, uh, we, "We can just you know, leave the lame and the blind to you know fight you off the city." <laughs> but 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 there was a water source, and uh, David used uh, you know to use the the uh, water source to climb up through and, and to oh to finally uh, conquer them, to conquer those. And you see David being kind of cute with his words. Mm -hmm. Let's just go up and meet those blind and lame that are gonna uh, are going to repel us. And Apparently, it, a popular saying came from that too. So. Yes, we're not going to let any blind and lame come in here. They may conquer. Gosh. They may well conquer us. You know, as 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 a part of it. It's refreshing to me to to just see the relational language again between you know, like God and His King, because we didn't see that with Saul. Where mm -hmm. you know, at least in in these terms, where. Now you have, you know, because the Lord God Almighty was with him, the Lord said to him, David went and inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him. Mm -hmm. and, and again, just seeing this, this relational 
it's a reminder to us and and there's so much here but i mean god is a relational god and Mm -hmm. and now for us you know the thing just of jesus's words that he invites us to draw near to god and you know when you pray you know Mm -hmm. not just get to say the lord god but you know our father uh what what a rich Mm -hmm. relationship we're drawn into and you also have you know a wonderful image of uh we know that God has appointed you to be both ruler and shepherd. Yeah. And, of course, we have there, you know, a, a beautiful picture of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, who is, is not only our, our king, but is a gracious king after God's own heart, and who would describe himself as, as the good shepherd, uh, where the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He's mm-hmm. come to give us life in all of its abundance and all of its fullness. And, of course, that's even the image used for those, you know, that take the position, you know, that we take. Uh, you know that you know the Lord has called us to do to shepherd my people, and it, it's an image of tender care. Uh, you know, uh, taking care of sheep is not a, you know, it's not like our culture where we punched those doggies and drove the cattle. Uh, you actually lead sheep and you go out uh, before them, and they learn your voice. And of course, you have all of that, you know, in the image of the good shepherd you have in the in John ten. I like the picture of, you know, God um, telling David to wait on him. Um, and then as soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the poplar trees, it's such a great vision, you know, or just a, you know, just a, I don't know, I have fun with that image. But yet I'm assuming that that is God's presence and in, in that we've seen before in, in the wind and things like that. But I mean. Oh, no, that's nice. I, indeed, I that, love that. Uh, you know, that you do have it as the wind blows through. Right. You know, the movement of God. And, mm-hmm. and of course, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it does have, you know, kind of the sound of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of, 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 of movement. Uh, but, you know, that may well be, you know, representing the movement of God. And, and of course, uh, amplified in such a way that it, you, you feel the force of a, an army, mm-hmm. you know, the mighty host of the Lord moving forward, you know, as, as well. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, you have the reversal. You know, you've come to the end of, you know, First Samuel with the tragedy of Israel being overrun by the Philistines. And, of course, here in restoring the, you know, the fortunes of the kingship, he has restored the fortunes of the people with, you know, a king who will be his shepherd and will rule over, you know, Israel in this way. And, and so you have an, you have here in the end them going to battle and reclaiming, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Philistines, uh, you know, territory that is lost, you know, to the Philistines that they lost at the end of, you know, First Samuel. You do also, however, have just a little warning, mm-hmm. you know, that's in the middle of it. If you had read the intriguing chapters that we told you that we, we've kind of skipped over to get here, you would realize, you know, that David already had, you know, a few sons, you know, in, mm-hmm. in, in the period while he was you know, running, then he comes into Jerusalem and he, he multiplies to himself wives, which Deuteronomy has, has already warned. And of course, that will even become a greater thing mm-hmm. in, in the life of Solomon, which will his son, who will reign on his throne. And, and by the way, of all the sons mentioned, you didn't realize who would be the next one to the throne. We've kind of gotten ahead of you <laughs> just a little bit in that. Uh, but uh, you, you will see, uh, you, you'll see this whole idea, you know, increasing as well. No, I love that visual you gave us, Paul, of at the end of 1 Samuel, we see, you know, obviously so much loss, but then here with this newly appointed king, we see the loss being restored back to the people, and man, what a beautiful picture of Jesus, Um, and it's just another, you know, we read the Old Testament a lot, and 
you know, maybe even those listening to the Old Testament, even listening to us, and we're moving through the Old Testament, it's often like, what's going on? What, what are we looking for? It is so refreshing to see these gospel glimpses time and time again as we read the Old Testament, which for me growing up, you know, in so many ways, I, I didn't know how to look at the Old Testament. And, and, mm-hmm. But to see that it's pointing towards Christ and that we see him so often, and even just these little glimpses of, of, of a people being restored back to what they lost, you know, is just a great glimpse of what Christ has done for us. Yeah, and that's often how we you know, speak of the work of grace in, in our lives, that, you know, God is, because we are a new creation in him, is restoring in us everything we've lost to the ravage of sin and not just us he's restoring all of creation uh you know to his uh, original tent or even beyond his original tent and in the is a demonstration of his glory and his presence you know in us you know in us as well and and again in the in the image we already alluded to that of the good shepherd the thief mm-hmm. comes to kill steal, and destroy and we talked about that in life you know, of Saul, how sin robs us not only of our relationship with God, but eventually our sanity, our relationships. Mm-hmm. It is destructive in every place we, we let it take root, in every place that we, you know, kind of you know harbor it. And and so you do see this act of restoration, uh, a restoration of the fortunes of the nation, but also a restoration of the gift that He had originally given them of the mm-hmm. land, and of His His peace. And his his shalom. Yeah. yeah he, I mean, even looking at kind of those gospel glimpses and and movements at verse twelve. Then David knew the people had established him as king over Israel and had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. Isn't that great? I mean, looking forward to Jesus and just seeing yeah him his cow his kingdom has been established. He's been yeah. seated, you know, at the right hand of the Father, exalted. I mean, we could go to passage after passage after passage. Uh, and, and why would God you know, lift us up and exalt us? Not for our own sake, so that we could bask in the glory, you know, the good gifts that he's given us, but from the very moment uh, that he has called Abraham, I will bless you and give you a great name so that all the nations of the earth, you know, may be blessed through you. And David, I will exalt you so that the nation, you know, may be blessed through you for the sake you know, for the sake of others. And then, of course, a reminder of that great uh, Philippian, you know, uh, hymn, you know, to Christ, that he emptied himself, taking on the form of the servant, uh, becoming obedient, even the point of death on a cross, and therefore God highly exalted him mm-hmm. for our sake. He exalted Christ uh, for our sake and for, you know, for our joy and, and for our ultimate uh, glory. Well, it's been a fun week. We've uh, given you a psalm, you know, to read tomorrow, so we hope uh, you will, you know, over the weekend for a change of pace. Immerse yourself in the psalms and worship uh, with the people of God as we continue our journey together in being shaped by the Word. Mm-hmm. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your Word. Thank you for the 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 story that we get caught up in, but thank you more than anything else for the story that you've made us a part of as you are working in and through Christ to restore to all of your creation everything that we we have lost through our unfaithfulness and disobedience. We thank you that you are the faithful one. And, and Father, may you draw us ever deeper into love and devotion and worship of the only one deserving of our worship. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.